0: good morning. Uh, I know you weren't expecting to see me this morning. Uh, we had kind of a, I'll just say Pete got put on the, what do they call it in the NFL? The COVID safety and health, health protocol list on Thursday morning. So I got called up from AAA <laughs> and, I, and I'm pitching today. So I uh, appreciate it. And, and also just the flexibility, our band, uh, we lost our drummer last night and, they had to just switch things around, but uh, God is good. There's a reason for everything. I believe you're here either in person or online for a reason today. Um, you know, Pete introduced last week this mission statement um, that uh, the first part he shared last week is very similar. Uh, it's is exactly what we um, have had through the years. And he, and he really focused on this, discover who Jesus really is, and talked to us about that one that we need to be focused on. And I hope you've been praying and thinking through that. Next week, he will come back, Lord willing, um, and talk about the second, miss- second part of our mission statement, which has been changed a little bit, where we say, and live with, like, and for him, now and forever. So um, I was planning on speaking on the 23rd, next Sunday, and kind of reinforcing and kind of sharing, you know, there's one mechanism we have here at Hillside that really helps put that uh, second part of the mission statement in, in, uh, in our lives, to live with, like, and for him. And we have a ministry here called D-Groups, and it's really focused on discipleship. And I want to just talk and share a little bit about that. And I don't want to say this is geared toward a certain group of people, but um, Jill and I, for instance, are really in a good time of our life. I guess some people call it the empty nester stage, um, but we're uh, in a, we just love this stage of life where, you know, our kids are pretty much out the door. We still have one that's living upstairs. Um, that has, but she's fully employed. They're all off the payroll. Um, so yeah, we just love this. We have not, not more money. Well, we, we're not making more money, but it seems like we got more money to especially uh, be generous with. I mean, we're We're being able to sponsor some more missionaries and been able to give more. Uh, And we have been enjoying uh, just um, family time. we got a granddaughter, hopefully a grandson tomorrow. Um, So it's just fun to invest in family and especially that next generation. um, And then have the time to travel uh, and have some money to travel with and just enjoying especially time uh, for Jill and I. Um, but then also just looking at our resources related. I know how many people have gotten stuff in their mailbox about, hey, I'd love to buy your house. Is anybody? We've gotten, and, and my, my um, daughter and son-in-law are looking for a house in the Hertz bed, Hearst Bedford area. They've been looking. Every time they put a bid in, I divide that by the square footage and then times it by my square footage. And I'm like, could we get that amount of money for our house? We're like, "That's crazy. But then we always go back. Um, we always feel like God has given our house to serve and to to, um, entertain people, honestly. Uh, And that's part of our hesitation to say, "Ah, let's just sell and move an apartment in Roanoke. We talked about it. But we keep going back to um, we're at a great time of our life to um, have people over. And so we would lose that aspect of it. And that's been the only thing that's kept us from doing it. So... Um, We're just in a fun kind of, but it's a time now where we're really looking about, what are we investing in? And right now we're really looking at relationships is what we're investing I've never been a social media person, never liked it, but my daughters have turned me on to Instagram and so forth. Um, And I just feel like the only reason I'm posting now on Instagram is to stress relationships. You're not going to see me post that I had sushi last night for dinner, or I'm rooting the Cowboys on today. I mean, that's all fine, good. But I try to, to, to impress upon people, especially in my, my age, that this is your time to invest in others. And especially what I want to show you a little bit biblically is invest in a younger generation. So, um, you know, they say about this stage of life, we love it. Somebody, one of our good friends say, hey, your 50s and 60s are your time to go, 70s a slow go, 80s a (laughs) no-go. So we just love this area, a time of our life. And so this is, I want to impress, this isn't just for those that are in my Jill and I stage of life, empty nesters, because you can apply this principle just to think about investing in others. All right. So just think about that. We're going to share, actually share, have some people get up and share some stories of that investment, share some examples of D groups that we have. Um, And I know you guys probably like me have benefited from that kind of investment all your life. Um, I have, when I first gave my life to Christ, um, my cousin Kathy was a part of our, head of our youth group. She was a junior or senior, but I was only like You know, fifth or sixth grade. But as I got involved in the youth group, her influence on me—I could still go back and see that impact she had. Took us to, used to be called Jesus rallies, um, in the late 70s, Um, and I used to go to those and hear those teaching, and God really directed my life. Then a lot of you know when I went to Liberty University and then got a part of this baseball team. I've shared this a lot of time. The guys that were on that team—well, really my coach, Coach Worthington, Coach Mincy. Um, but other guys that I looked at and said and how they walked me through and discipled me was so important Um, and then you see that all through the scriptures and I want to kind of um, have you look at it a little bit before I ask these folks to come up but you see this kind of relational intentional relationship all through the Bible you see it in the Old Testament with um, you know like uh, Moses and his father-in-law you especially see it I love the Elisha-Elijah relationship that they had um, and then, of course, when you look at how Jesus set up and, and did his ministry, you know, you see the crowds, you see the 500, you see then the 12, then you see, um, you know, you see uh, Peter, James, and John, and then you see a special even intentionality Jesus has with Peter. And that's why he tells Peter, upon this rock, before upon you, I will build my church. So there's so many examples of it. I want you to kind of just show you a text a um, Couple of texts just from what they call the pastoral epistles, which are Paul's writings to two men, Titus and Timothy. So this week would be a good time for you to read the book of Titus and read First and Second Timothy. You know, we know Titus traveled with Paul. Um, we know that when, he write, when Paul writes Titus, he's on, on the islands of Crete, and they have just evangelized. But he leaves Titus there to say, now set up your church. Start building the church. And then many of you know Timothy's background. A young man that, you know, Paul spent time with, um, had him on his missionary journeys, but then, you know, uh, left um, Timothy at Ephesus to really pastor and lead the church. But let me read something. Um, If you have your Bibles or on your Bibles, turn to Titus 2. Um, verses um, 1 through 8. And I just want to read this. Sorry for the old man glasses, but I can't do it without him. Um, listen to what Paul says to Titus here, and I want you to listen in a little bit. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith and love and perseverance older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior not malicious gossips not enslaved to much wine teaching what is good that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands to love their children to be sensible pure workers at home kind being subject to their own husbands and the word of god that the word of god may not be dishonored likewise urge the young men to be sensible In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, in order that the opponent may be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about them. So when you think about that and you read those, a few things I want you to take notice of in in that text. And then I also, these verses here, I put up 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. But you see two things outlined a lot when he's talking in Titus and to Timothy in these two texts in these these pastoral epistles. Um, One is the importance of sound doctrine. So you've got to understand at this stage, there's no New Testament to read. All right? Now, Paul has gone and spent years in in where they are in Crete and and in Ephesus, but you know, people have written down things, but there was no New Testament to go and study, for instance. So they had such things coming heresy that was being preached and talked about, you know, related to bring, trying to Jews, trying to bring some of their laws and customs in there. And then also the Gentile, the Greek people, trying to incorporate philosophy into what, was being, what should be taught in God's word. So you'll hear all around through this, even, you know, uh, uh, verse uh, in Second Timothy, the importance of sound doctrine. The importance of teaching God's word to guide their lives. Now, the second thing you always see as well is just doing life. And and, um, the importance of teaching some things, especially as you saw in some of the phrases, like that phrase in Titus 2, older women, teaching what is good that they may encourage the younger women. And they talk to them about being good wives and being good mothers. So you see the, the need for sound doctrine, for getting into God's word, but then you also see the power of someone walking alongside you in whatever stage of life you are. And as I bring these folks up here in a few minutes, you'll see the power of that, but you also see the sound doctrine and the importance of, of maintaining a biblical principle around it. And then you can't miss... You know, again, going back, there's something about older men, older women stepping up in the church and teaching the younger men and younger women. Again, I'm not saying this just to the empty nesters here. I'm saying that to all of us thinking about that because I've never been so excited in the years, what is it now, 26 years of Hillside that we're a great place in the life of our church because we have, I'll just call myself a seasoned I won't call myself an old, but we have a good, I think, spread in our congregation of older men, older women that can really walk alongside younger men, younger women. And it's nice to have it. When we first started Hillside, we were like, who can lead a life group? You know, who can disciple people? Because we were all 30 years old and, and learning. You know what I mean? So I'm really excited about where we are as a church. And I just want, you know, and even to share, and we have this whole, They're probably this young adult group in our church that's, you know, 18 to 30-year-old, and they're just on fire. And they, especially at their age, are really looking for people to walk alongside them. So we have a great opportunity. I'm going to ask four individuals to come up here on uh, stage because I just want you to – I can – I want you to see and hear what that process looks like. And these guys have been together uh, three to six years, but uh, some of the things they can share, um, I think will be really helpful in picturing this. So would you welcome uh, them to the stage? I know this is all new to them. Uh, This is Derek Smith and and Wayne Anderson. This is Cinnamon Patterson and Kim Lyda. so I just want to share their journey these last few years, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start with Kim over here. Um, we love Kim and Jay. Where's Jay at? He's, he's over here somewhere. There's Jay. So um, Jill and I have had a long friendship with Jill, uh, Jay and Kim, and appreciate them. Um, they love to travel, so we talk about traveling, and uh, they have a great heart for Honduras. have been in Honduras, so we love serving down there. Um, So they're at a great stage of life, Um, have, um, you know, two children married now, Um, also have a grandbaby. So they're enjoying that lifestyle as well. Um, um, And then here's Wayne. And so I know Marlene can't be here, but we've known Wayne and Marlene a a long time. We love getting with them because they have the same heart um, where, um, you know, they love to travel. They're very invested in their kids. He's supposed to be retired but he still, you know, teaches uh, at a college and his wife as well. And just enjoy hanging out with him. We love hanging out with people that have a great vision of investment in others. So I guess going back to Kim, um, share a little bit how long you've been at Hillside. Um, you know, and I shared that you're very heavily involved in, in Honduras. But you've very, been very involved in a ministry called MOPs in our church. So share how long you've been at Hillside and how you got involved in MOPs.
1: Um, I've been at Hillside since 2004, so what, 18 years maybe? Okay. And then Mops, I think we figured out yesterday, eight years maybe. And I don't know how I got involved. I guess Jill asked me. Okay. Um, but I've always um, been drawn to that um, because I never wanted anyone to have to go through what I went through, which was knowing nothing. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I think, um, you know, she's still involved and kind of leads all the mops table leaders now. But you got acquainted with Cinnamon about six years ago, right? Yeah. So Cinnamon, share a little bit about where you were, how you found, I guess, mops, because it is an interesting story and similar to a lot of ladies that find mops. Find out, tell us a little bit where you were six years ago and what happened.
2: Um, Okay, so whenever I... Before I found mops, I was not a believer. Um, I aligned myself more so with the agnostic pagan type belief systems, and I had just had a awful miscarriage, and um, I know <laughs> sorry I know that God really brought me to my knees in that moment because. What I typically would have done was leaned on the people that were closest to me. And at that time, whenever we, my husband and I, Thomas, uh, whenever we experienced that miscarriage, we had an 18 month old, and all of our closest friends had moved. So we had we had familiar familial support, but we did not have that close friendship. And I was a mostly stay-at-home mom. I did nanny some, and I was working at a dialysis center part-time, but I just didn't really have anybody to lean on in that moment, and I was actually walking with my daughter in our neighborhood, literally on the hunt for anybody else who might have been my age with a child, because I so desperately needed that support and I thought I saw somebody at our pond, and I was like, oh, man, I just missed them. So I pulled an old newspaper-style move and went onto to our uh, community Facebook group. And I did a in search of, and I was like, hey, I thought I saw a mom at the pond at 5 o'clock with a daughter that looked like she was about 16 months old. Um, if that was you, I'm not crazy. Please be my friend. And... <laughs> And I got crickets, except for um, a friend, dear friend now, named Casey, who at the time was the coordinator for MOPs. And she reached out to me and she was like, hey, perfect timing. We have spots open at our MOPs group and um, we start tomorrow. So this was a Tuesday. My only days off are Wednesdays and Fridays. And, um, initially I was like, uh, pump the brakes. Like, I don't know what this group is. It's at a church. And can we go to coffee first? Like what, <laughs> like what is going on? And there
0: was a cost to it. I yeah. Think. And
2: there was a, there was a cost. There was a big cost. Um, well, big for us at that time, we were very much living paycheck to paycheck and we were still getting, um, hospital bills in which is probably the most painful part of going through anything like that, is that you are continuously monetarily reminded of what you don't have anymore. And so at that time, I was like, I just can't do this. And she very generously forced my hand and said, hey, I got it, you have a spot, I'll see you tomorrow. And the very first person I saw when I walked in, as I was telling myself, just because it's at a church doesn't mean it's going to be churchy, (laughs) was Kim. And she came up to me and she said, hey, are you cinnamon? I'm so happy to meet you. I've been praying over you. And I was like, well, that's weird. (laughs) But okay.
0: So that's about 2015. Yes. Get involved involved in MOPS and they have the other MOPS meets every two weeks, but then there's an off-week Bible study. Yes, and there
2: was a Bible study, and um, I decided to do that not because I was interested in the Bible, (laughs) but because I wanted the consistency for my child. Um, I knew that if I was going to go to work on Monday and Tuesday, that if we were going to get out on Wednesday, I wanted it to just be a consistent thing for her that we are out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, And, you know, that's just what it's going to be. Two hours a day, we'll have our consistent time. And And that was 2015. So, um, you know,
0: Kim and and the Mops ladies are all involved in your life. But you said to me, like, June 2016 was a major
2: yeah uh, from Um, a
0: spiritual journey standpoint.
2: Yeah, a spiritual journey standpoint. It was June 2016 when we had our second daughter, Salem, and... um, My husband and I decided to have a home birth, and there was a moment where she, being the very big baby that she was, uh, started, she was stuck, basically. And there was just a moment where I had told Kim whenever she brought a meal by afterwards to check on us, that it was the first time that I had, like, with confidence felt the Holy Spirit. It was like, he's there. I got this. I was comfortable asking for worship music to be played in that moment. And it was just a really pivotal, like, mind shift for me because up until that point, um, I I had started to be in, you know, like I had one foot in to the word and one foot in the world. And that moment, the birth of our daughter was very powerful i'd say for both me and my husband but especially me it was very life-giving
0: and then i think what well, i never knew this until we met yesterday but september of 2016 um, kim comes over <laughs> yeah, and, <she laughs> and and has this you know like pete talked last week about the one and i am the one where <laughs> have to. well she comes over with party supplies she she
2: did it was September 2016 so our daughter was only a few months old at that point and she was like listen you're ready like what are you waiting on you're you're ready to accept Christ into your heart you're ready to take that step I don't know what you're afraid of and and truly I was afraid of just committing right like whenever you live a life of being fluid, and not having those commitments to anything, all of a sudden saying, you know what, no, like, he's my savior, and I'm gonna let him lead my life, that was, that was a big deal, but she shows up, (laughs) because she knows me, and I'm always here for the fun, she shows up with party supplies, and silly string, and she's like, look, no, it's your rebirth day, and, and you're gonna accept Christ into your life right now, and so, we and I did. guess shared
0: a few coarse words we could Yes, Yes, she did to challenge you, but yeah. we won't share those words today because we're here. So
2: what? Oh well, okay, so 2016 we have a rebirth day, September, September 2016. I really didn't make her do it. No. <laughs> no, I agreed. It was not forced upon. But the thing is, is why I say like she knows me, is we had had a full year of getting to really know each other and And, um, it was just the push that I needed to be like, she is here for me. She's going out of her way to come into my house, throw a Bible in my face and go, look, you're ready. And she always asks the hard questions and, and she always is, you know, there for me. And it means a lot.
0: Yeah. And then let's, um, kind of transition to Wayne and Derek and, how their relationship was formed. Um, you know, Derek, um, You know, Wayne, I think I just came up to you guys or something. Share that a little bit.
3: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, uh, Marlene and I um, uh, have been here. Um, she's not feeling well today, but if you get a chance to meet her, she would love to meet you. But we came here uh, five and a half years ago. We retired from, from uh, teaching uh, in New Mexico and coaching, and uh, uh, we came in the summer. And uh, so we, we came, we loved the church, we loved the serving opportunities, we loved the people. And we were telling somebody, you know, man, we sure love Hillside. And they said, isn't Pete great? And we go, who's Pete? You know, <laughs> I mean, he, he was on, he was on severed sabbatical. And man, we were hearing, you know, Daniel and all these guys, but most of all, it was the people and the serving opportunities that we fell in love with this church. So anyway, so that was pretty cool. And then you had been in guys groups before, right? but it was just kind
0: of a, I don't know, I don't remember, but somehow on a Sunday, yeah, I connected... Uh, well, you with Derek.
3: well, we've been in this great process of, of doing D groups and trying to um try trying to to, to, to work with others and, and have them go out and, and and you know and pass that on to others too and and so uh, we had been doing D groups and we we done I think i had done three or four uh, with groups of of three or four guys and uh, you were always kind of like okay well um, are these guys done because I got another group for you yeah. and I was kind of like oh man I'm just really getting to know these guys and you came up and you said. Uh, Hey, I got another guy for you here, and here's Derek. And uh, uh, three years later, three and a half, we're still we're still doing it. So that's awesome. And Derek,
0: share a little bit of your background and what, what you were looking for. Um, you and Haley's process of being at Hillside and the connection that you found out with Wayne.
4: <clears throat> yeah, so we came a little over five years ago, I think. Haley through Mops um, and through Jill Hare, um, I started coming, and we were going to uh, Keller Methodist, and you know we're going on Sundays and felt. Good about that, but whenever we came here, it was different. Um, you know, loved Pete immediately. It felt like home, um, and we made the decision to start coming here, um, you know, full time. And we were like, if we're going to be here, we're going to jump in and fully, you know, get into things. So did all the go classes. You know, became partners. Um, you know, we're in a life group and doing all that stuff, and you know, getting to the D group. I, I just felt like I needed personally something more. I was trying to have my quiet time. I was doing devotionals, but. Uh, i 'm someone that needs some accountability, something else, you know someone to almost tell me what to do a little bit, um, and i 'll do it if I 'm just left to my own devices i 'm going to find some excuses to to not do something and i don't ever remember asking you to do a D group. I had heard of D groups, but uh, you know I think it was just the Holy Spirit and you knowing, but yeah, it was one Sunday you're like, "Hey, have you met Wayne?" And I was like, uh, "No, so you introduced us, and you had the curriculum book and you're like, "Here you guys are going to do this. and I was like, "Oh." Okay. Um, But, yeah, we hit it off immediately. Uh, I grew up in Hobbs, New Mexico, where I was stuck there for 10 years, as I usually say. He grew up in Lovington, the town right next to it. And so we immediately had that, you know, southeastern New Mexico connection. And, um, you know, once we really started to get to know each other, we had a a lot of other, you know, similarities. um, And it was someone I could immediately connect with and, you know, start that journey and that walk with. That's awesome.
0: And then I guess going back to, so Cinnamon gives her life to Christ. And I remember Kim coming up to me. Um, and saying, I need to help her grow. Uh, and I think the idea was you were gonna to try to find somebody else t- and another girl to help her grow, but tell us through that process. Well, life. so it's
1: almost like the opposite. Um, I felt like that Cinnamon needed a group of women to do life with the rest of her life, that I couldn't be everything I needed to be for her. So I was like, I need, you, need to get her in this you know, group of women that you can live with and you know, do life with or whatever, so.
0: And then you started and you did it with both ladies, I guess. And tell us a little bit about that process. So she doesn't t- tell us about, I mean, what's neat about her story is the process of the year of growing to get to a point where you got baptized when? In June of 2017, I guess it took uh, a year. October, October yeah. of 2017. And kind of share a little bit of Thomas's story, because I think the Thomas story is really good. (laughs) Did you see
2: that wink? He gave me the cutest (laughs) little wink. Yeah, yeah, so after I had accepted Christ, there was kind of this moment I was sharing with Dave where, like, I had done it, but I had started noticing um, a real shift between the people I was surrounding myself with and the way that I wanted to start going, um, even down to... I, I told Dave this yesterday. I used to cuss like a sailor. I mean, like, all the time. I called it word glitter. I loved it. It was It was, it was ridiculous. But uh, within that, like, that's not who I am anymore. And just things like that, where just though even the way that I spoke, the way that I held myself, I was, I was spiritually and physically changing in the way that I was doing things. And so I kind of battled with that, and during that time frame, Um, my husband still was not a believer, and so I would basically get up on Sundays, and I would volunteer in the children's ministry, and I would take both the girls by myself here, and I remember very specifically one day pulling up into the parking lot, and I didn't share this yesterday, but pulling up into the parking lot, and just, it was raining, and I was sobbing, because I was like, why am I doing this? Like, what is this for? I'm doing this alone. Like, I have to get both of these kids out in the rain, carry them up this hill by myself. (laughs) Like, what is going on? And there was just this moment of, like, please, God, like. And at that time, whenever I prayed, I never really, like, dear God, very serious. I was begging in the car that day. Please, God, like, start to open my husband's heart. And so during MOPs, during our conversations, I would come home just on fire and start to tell my husband about everything that I had learned about that day and like how cool that was and
0: it got him involved in dynamic marriage yeah. so that was before he even came to church got involved yeah. in the marriage group he
2: and wasn't even coming to church with me yet and I was like we are going to dynamic marriage and initially he was like yeah okay and um, with a lot of sarcasm but I was like you know what you said yes whether it was with sarcasm or not so I <laughs>
0: But then eventually got him where he felt comfortable coming here. Yes, he felt here. Tell comfortable. Tell us about Easter. What it was Easter 2017. It was,
2: it was Easter 2017. Um, I had gotten baptized that October. I had gotten baptized. He was coming to dynamic marriage with me. And he came to my baptism to support me. And um, he's told me this now. I didn't know it then. But he said that day he saw what a big deal it was to everybody hear that it was something to be celebrated. And he was like, if this is something so special for her, I'm going to support her in that because he's an amazing husband. And so through dynamic marriage, which had softened his heart to the idea of it, and through my excitement and through my baptism, he started attending with me. And um, one of the very first services that he like started consistently going with me on Sundays with was our Easter Sunday service. And it was about doubting Thomas. And my husband's name is Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that he felt like he had a beacon of light just like beaming down on him because Pete was talking about how Thomas needed to stop looking for the holes in, in his side. and And it just really... Grew him, and then he got baptized in October of 2018, a year after that. And so he's been a wonderful yeah. spiritual leader since then. And So just, that,
0: that has really progressed. I think Wayne and Derek, tell, share a little. I gave you curriculum to go through, but, but you've gone past that and sh- kind of share that relationship and Derek, how that's
3: benefited you um, f- from that standpoint. Right, right. Well, we start out with a, a general, um, curriculum that we were doing and we, we finished that. Uh, but then we just, we just went straight to God's word and, um, and we just, we just do books of the Bible and we just, uh, uh we meet every Thursday and we just see what God's ta- saying to us. And, uh, uh, we, we try to, uh, we try to make sure that, uh, uh, we try to make sure that it's not about Derek and I, but it's about us navigating life, uh, with Christ. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and then I guess share a little bit, Derek, you shared yesterday about the benefit of how, God orchestrates what you're studying in God's word to apply to your life, but then also just share how that's helped you, you know, be a better father, be a better husband, um, serve at Hillside, that type of thing.
4: Yeah. So Wayne and I, you know, always talk about it, you know, going in, uh, in God's word and just focusing on it and just trying to glean anything, you know, and get that discernment from what was being taught. And it always seems like no matter what we're doing in life, whatever random book we pick or chapter we're in, um, we were supposed to read it that day. And there's times where we can't meet for a couple of weeks, you know, and so we're coming back and we're like, if I would have read that two weeks ago, it would have been a different thing to me. I needed that now in this moment. Um, You know, and you can just see the change over, you know, three plus years of going through that, you know, being able to be vulnerable with someone, you know, Wayne's not perfect, Kim's not perfect, none of us are perfect, and being able to talk about their struggles and, you know, different things and being able to do that, you know, one-on-one or in a a smaller group with somebody, you can see over the years, like, you know, how you change, um, how you relate to your spouse, how you, you know, are more patient with your children. And even this week I was telling you, um, on Wednesday I had some car trouble um, when I was taking my daughter to school and volunteer at the school. Um, Car wouldn't start, needed to get it towed um it was a very frustrating and difficult process basically 3 tow trucks in 5 hours to get it a mile down the road to get to uh, a repair shop um and you know i was meeting Wayne the next morning and i told him i was like you know a couple of years ago i would have handled that very differently i tried to be as gracious as possible with the tow truck drivers the first two that didn't take my car anywhere um you know it wasn't necessarily their fault it's not their fault my car is not working Um, But, you know, in moments like that, you can definitely see how much you have changed and, you know, for me, it was, you know, very important to see that and it was great to see that, um, you know, knowing that I needed that, I needed this long-term relationship, I needed someone to walk with me, um, and being able to admit that and know that, you know, I think is very helpful and helped me out a lot.
3: Yeah, go ahead, thank you. You know, um, you talk about uh, the, the the mentor, and I don't know, I'll use the, the word older loosely because that probably fits you. And I, <laughs> yeah, thanks. But, but I, get, I, I, I think I get more from Derek than he gets from me. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, it's just walking in community. It's just two Christian brothers getting together. Um, uh, but one thing that's really cool about it is I can see where he's at in life, and I can see that I was there. And I can see how Christ brought us through. And he can look and he can say, okay, well, I see where you're at in life. So I can kind of see where I've been and he can kind of see where he's going. And We put the two together and, and God just meets that intersection both ways. Yeah, that's
0: cool.
1: That's cool. So go ahead. Well, it's, I say all the time, it's that freshness, like when we celebrate baptism up here and someone comes out of that water and you see it on their face and we all think, oh, we want that again. We want that freshness. And when you meet with somebody, younger, <laughs> it's that freshness of them seeing something for the first time and that it helps me to have that energized or whatever. Yeah.
0: Kind of, Cinnamon, you shared something yesterday. Like um, you were growing in your faith, but where would your walk with God be without Kim's influence on her,
2: in your life? Um, honestly, because she does always ask the hard questions and she always points things back to the words, when I really needed that, she wasn't afraid to give it to me, regardless of what it was and what it is. And there's still times when we call each other and and talk and she's like, okay, well, how can God use this? I think if I didn't have that encouragement and that um, refinement constantly being fed into me, I'm not sure that I would be on the same walk that I am on today. I, re- I really feel like I would still be more so of the world and not really having walked in that newness of life because in those days, whenever you are first learning to walk, it's kind of like a newborn giraffe like, yeah, I can walk, but I'm stumbling all over the place and, and you need somebody to gently nudge you and go get back up. That's not what we're doing anymore. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I don't I don't know that I would be in the same position that i'm in now if i didn't have that and even from jay because when thomas got baptized he opened their home for us to celebrate him doing it and he's a godly man who i know should my husband need it that he could reach out to him it's it's more than just a commitment it's it's a it's a friendship
0: yeah um (laughs) <laughs> um i just want to ask Kim. um really a question about why do you do this because if you don't know you, um, jay and kim's all their story is that um jay was diagnosed with a brain tumor two and a half years ago i remember getting that call and um it's been a long journey these last two and a half years for them. And yet, you still make this kind of relationship a priority. Kim's the one. We're rolling out a new kind of foundation study um, this semester. She's been asking for it for these Mops ladies as the off Wednesday. She said, I need, we need something for these Mops ladies to have foundation about giving their life to Christ, how to um, study God's word, how to pray and have a how, who the Holy Spirit is and how do you get him working in your life she's been asking this for two years we finally have something that's just a six week to get people started but I gotta go I don't know if you can keep it together like I couldn't but you guys have had so much to think about in these last two and a half years yet you still take this role at Hillside you still invest in people
1: like Cinnamon um so like Wayne said and it's so hard to put it into the right words, but I get more out of it than I give, and especially because of how hard things have been. Um, these ladies call me, pray for me, text me. That table that we had, I mean, there's some girls I barely even know. They text me still and say, I'm praying for Jay, praying for you. I know things are hard, and so you can't out give God, and so it's like Yes, I am sort of still doing that role, and I wouldn't give it up because I love it. Um, but it's because God uses those people to fill me up. And, like, I'm in my lowest moment, and I have this mops girl who I was at a Bible study with one time, and I don't really know where she was, and she'll text me and say, I'm praying for you. And I'm like, wow, you know, what a blessing. And so.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what both of you have shared Um, it is giving but you've gotten so much more out of this I think. Um, One of
1: the things that I always like to say is uh, I would always tell the Mops girls like don't buy stuff y'all don't have to buy anything just write a note and when Jay first got sick on my front porch there was a basket with like a hundred notes in it from Mops girls And, and it was like they got it and then yet they gave it back to me so.
0: I really appreciate you guys sharing this story. And there's stories like this all over Hillside with this relationship, this discipleship happening. It's just really good. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Let me say one more thing. Uh, um, hey, if, if you're a young guy, if, you, if you're a guy, period, I mean, community is just so awesome. I mean, God just wires us for, for community. And, and, and two guys can get together. And, and, and my wife and I have, have, have amazing discussions. Um, however, Derek and I sometimes have discussions. It's just two guys. It's, it's, it's just awesome. Um, I was just looking out here and man, I I see, man, I I can, I won't embarrass you by giving your name, but man, I see, I see, I see five or six of my my buddies out there that I know that you would very much benefit from having a one-on-one relationship with them.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Well, can you give
3: them a hand?
0: I really appreciate you guys doing this. Alright, as we close here, um, just want to give you a little couple things to challenge you day before we leave. Um, one thing is, you may be that one here today that you were, you're where Cinnamon was six years ago. And um, you've been hanging out here at Hillside, or this may be your first time here, but you've never stepped across that line of faith and given your life to Christ. And uh, we can get some party hats and stuff today. Um, But if you have not made that decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ and give your life to him, we would encourage you to do that today. Um, Also, for those that are in my age or even not in my age, maybe God's tapping you on the shoulder that this is your time to invest in Others and um, we have a whole process that uh, um, you may say, "Well, I'm not ready. I don't think I can do that." Well, we can get you in a D group and get you quote trained to do that. Um, and maybe um, you're here and say, "I've never had someone invest in me, and I would love to have that kind of relationship." Well, if that if that's you today, um, you can text D group to 97000. There's a little interest form that we want you to fill out so we know your background, but we'd love to have you. Um, you know, just start that conversation and, and uh, just help you get there. So uh, hope you've enjoyed this. Hope you've seen this. I think Pete, I'm excited about Pete coming back next week and really teasing out our mission statement even further uh, next week. But I hope you have seen uh, the, just the, the um, you know, when I think about my life right now, um, there's a great book I've always read, Don't Waste Your Life. And I think with, um, you know, when I think about my next, however many many years God gives me, um, I want to invest in relationships and impacting the kingdom of God through relationships with others. Yes, my family has to take priority, but God wants you, besides your family, to invest in others. And, and these relationships that can happen where you tie in sound doctrine and teaching with doing life is just very powerful. So let's stand and I'll dismiss you all in prayer. Father, I thank you um, for this time today. Um, I do pray for anyone here that has not given their life to you, that uh, they would step back and look at what you have done on the cross for them and accept what you did on the cross as payment for their sin and would turn and follow you. And in these quiet moments, you would have them do that right now. And then I just pray for all of us as we think about the stage of life that we're in, um, where we are in our spiritual journey, the opportunity to take what we've been given and invest it in others. And I just pray your spirit would just talk to each one of us of where that can happen and how we can be used to impact. And, and Lord, I just thank you for our time together. Um, just pray for us as um, We're excited about going through that mission statement for Pete coming back next week. We just thank you for your love and your grace and most of all, sending your son to die for us. And we just thank you in Jesus' name, amen.